This is One Ogden. I'm John Miles. Dan Pack is the cello playing executive director of Next Ensemble, which is a group of local classical musicians who find cool ways to create and perform classical music in Ogden. More about Next Ensemble, including tickets to their concert this Saturday, are at nextensemble.org. Are you from here? I, yes. Well, I, so I went to school at Weber State. We always came back to Ogden because my mom's from Ogden. Um, and so that's where kind of home base was. But we always moved and then came back and then moved and then came back. I um, see. But I, uh, yeah, Weber is where I ended up going to school. And since then, can't leave. <laughs> and uh, when did you start playing music? I, so my father was a violinist. Um, so I think the first time I started on the cello was when I was eight. But. Started I was with the cello, huh? Yeah, I uh, and that's that's what I went to college for was for cello. I have dabbled in lots of instruments, but cello is once again kind of it's the one that feels like home, and I come back to it. Yeah, you <laughs> so, do other string instruments? Uh, yeah, mostly string. I I learned violin for a few years because I didn't have a cello available. Now I play bass, um, both upright and bass guitar as mm-hmm. and I try guitar I'm not great at guitar but I'm working on it and anytime I can get my hands on a string instrument I will at least learn the basics when did you start playing music with people honestly kind of probably before eight oh. um, because I, I come from a family of eight siblings well seven siblings I'm number seven of eight and because my dad was a music teacher everybody had to learn some instrument yeah so from the beginning we were all just playing music together or singing my, my dad was always trying to not push it on us, but yeah, music was definitely a, a big part of our life. I had the same the kind of family. My mom's a music person, and so you get it. Same deal. <laughs> so, so yeah, exposure to music started from before birth. So, but so like where we were all gathered around like a piano and singing, were you guys all gathered around a violin? Um, honestly, yeah. A, a lot of times there were usually several instruments involved because because I'm on the younger end of my family, the older siblings were already playing. Oh, yeah. By the time I was old enough to, to join in. And so violin always. Um, my dad, for having a PhD in music, he was really bad at the piano. <laughs> um, and he, in some ways, he instilled that in all of his kids. It was one of my bigger challenges in, in college was, <laughs> was trying to learn piano for real. Because huh. we had a piano. And so I, I remember like every time I'd watch a movie I like, I would go plunk out the, the melody from the theme. Like Harry Potter, I remember pretty vividly my mom yelling at me for playing it over and over and over again on the piano to kind of figure it out but so were you like in the bands in high school yeah I mean I I did both music and theater in high school and that was honestly kind of a struggle deciding between music and theater and so I've done a bit of both professionally as well as in in college and in high school so I was in the orchestra and I but I also did lots of plays and always had some side music project, some band that we were trying to get started. or Like some rock and roll? Yeah, a little bit of rock and roll. I mean, every genre that we could, you know, my friends were all nerdy enough that it didn't matter the genre. <laughs> it was just like, let's try bluegrass. That's cool. That's always nice. Yeah. Um, so then when did you get involved with Next? Um, so while I was at Weber State, I had the opportunity to do an internship with Next, actually, specifically for writing grants. I was working under Susan Campbell, who was the executive director before me, which that was amazing experience. Susan is a very good grant writer, and I learned a lot. I still, scare, Grant writing still scares me, but I feel like she gave me the tools in order to, to be successful at it. But um, with that, I, I started kind of writing grants, 
And then they realized I had a little bit of like technical experience as far as setting up like sound equipment. And so I started, quote unquote, stage managing the shows. Um, we don't have we don't usually need a lot of technology, but, you know, even just a speaker system for some people like that's so foreign that oh, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, just running all the cables. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I did that for next for a while. And then, you know, with small organiz- organizations like this, I just got more and more jobs yeah. <laughs> the yeah, longer okay. I was there. And then kind of in the middle of the pandemic, Susan gave me a call and said, hey, do you want this? <laughs> <laughs> As she was moving on, she passed the mantle to me. So <laughs> so was that like a strategic decision? Like you were learning how to write grants and then you were like, if I'm going to do this, let's do this for somebody who's making music. As far as strategy on my side, <laughs> I just I wanted to know how to write grants. I would have written grants for anybody, but I was really lucky that it ended up being Next Ensemble. And one of the reasons why that happened is uh, Dr. Kerry Campbell up at Weber State, he was one of my professors at the time. I really admired him and his classes and everything and, and the, the amount of work he puts in for his students. And so when I found out that it was an organization that him and his wife were essentially running, I was like, okay, I am interested if this is your thing. <laughs> so, nice. so it wasn't really strategic on my part, whether it was strategic on their part as far as like <laughs> grooming me, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I have, I, I'm glad that I worked with Next before I was asked to <laughs> run Next because yeah. it's been very helpful to at least know where it's come from and, and watch Susan do her job. I don't think we would have lasted last year if it wasn't for Susan. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Well, and it does seem like it takes a special skill set of somebody who's passionate about music, but also knows how to handle the funding side, really. So Yeah, I did get a, a minor in entrepreneurship at Weber State, which was which was really helpful. I think because they're not really focused on nonprofits, that's been an interesting challenge. But a lot of the, the skills still um, cross over between entrepreneurship and running a nonprofit. It's you're just asking for money from different people. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so will you walk me through kind of how Next got started and, and kind of the original purpose of the, the group? Yeah. Um, so it was actually started by uh, a guy named Gabe Gordon. He's a violinist and he still performs all over the place. Uh, he's um, he artistic directs the Bach Fest for Onstage Ogden. Um, really great musician. The goal was to make classical music a little bit more accessible. There's the stigma, and I mean, rightfully so, the stigma of um, it being very stuffy. Um, to see classical music, you have to dress up and you have like, don't clap until it's time. And uh-huh. there's a, a certain, uh, yeah, a, a stuffiness to it. But classical music doesn't have to be that way. Mm. Um, so in the beginning, um, a lot of the performances were being done in bars, like um, in the downstairs of Alleged. And even when I started with Next, that's still kind of where we were doing most of our concerts was was at Alleged um, before they opened, <laughs> which was, it was nice because we brought it downtown and you could get up and get a drink while you were listening. It wasn't so formal. Uh-huh. And we've kind of taken that idea and, and really tried to run with it as far as we, we've had a motto the last couple of years that is transforming the concert experience. Because in, in my mind, that, that is kind of what concerts are these days is an experience. Yeah. Um, you go to a rock show and they have all of it, the, the lights, the lasers, the smoke, the, you know, and it makes for a, a well-rounded experience. So we want to make classical music a little more engaging, less separate, separation between the performers and the audience. Oh. So we try to create intimate opportunities to like experience classical music. So we, we, it's all chamber music, so not full orchestras, but smaller ensembles. In found spaces, we did a, a show at Halloween time at Legacy Tattoo. So they just moved all their tattoo tables and chairs out of the way, and we put in chairs for an audience. 
Um, and we had the, the musicians up on their balcony. And it, yeah, it ended up being such a cool space. That's cool. Um, and everyone at Legacy Tattoo was awesome about that. And yeah. So... Right, I really respect that. You know, the community isn't really set up to support this, so you guys just go figure out how to do it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. What I find, especially like especially in Ogden, I think, is people are just down. You say, Hey, I know this is weird, but can we bring a string quartet into your building and do a show? And they're like, Oh, cool. I would never have thought about that, but why not? Wow. So um yeah, the community's been very welcoming of that. So how do you find the musicians? Um there are actually a lot of really good classically trained musicians, um, not only in Ogden, but just in northern Utah in general. Um, a lot of people that got degrees in music and then, you know, when, it, when it's a, hard to make a living, they, they get their day job. And, yeah. um, and in some ways, there, there are less opportunities for classical musicians to just gig on the side Sure. than there are for like for your typical guitarist like there are always bands looking for subs and stuff like that um for someone who's a really good violinist if you don't get into the symphony how are you going to get paid to play the violin uh-huh. um and so a lot of our focus has been on on local musicians a lot of them are people that either you know i met in college um that's one of the benefits i think of going to college is the the connections you make and the the networking that you do there yeah and you find musicians kind of, they come out of the woodworks. I, every once in a while, we'll put out a call and we'll get someone who just moved here from New Jersey who plays the flute and had a career in New Jersey, but is trying to figure it out here in Utah. So we, uh, we yeah. I guess it's kind of one of those, if you build it, they'll come. Like once you have the ensemble here, then people who are into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this year, we actually did something a little bit different. We have a, a core ensemble of musicians um, that will be used for every concert. So we actually auditioned, and we have seven musicians that are going to be part of our whole season, um, and then we're going to kind of supplement that each of those concerts with other musicians that we bring in. Partially because classical music tends to be very hard, <laughs> hard to perform, yeah, hard yeah. to learn, and so we want to give those musicians time to learn, as well as just time to like become familiar with playing with each other. It's like, yeah, a, yeah, a, a band gets better over time. Yeah. Um, as they play together and and we haven't really had that in the past because we just kind of pull people together for each concert so we're trying to like improve on that by creating some familiarity among the musicians well yeah what about rehearsal space do you have anything like that um that is usually also a fun challenge so a lot of times honestly deanne arms uh she manages the bonneville and she runs the ogdenite she's Uh awesome anything arts community related she's awesome yeah she has rented out spaces at the bonneville for rehearsals even though they're office spaces they work great for rehearsals so <laughs> yeah right I can see um, that. <laughs> so after hours we'll go in when it's not a problem if we make too much noise that's pretty great and yeah wherever we can find space sometimes we our ensembles are small enough we can just do it in someone's home as long as it's convenient so the whole thing is acoustic right it's all yeah i mean for the most part it's one of the things that we're trying to like also make more familiar is the electronic music in classical music because it's been a big deal for you know over 100 years at this point but it's also the part it's been seen as very weird and Uh avant-garde but we do in- introduce some of that in-, in our concerts as well. And that's one of the things that uh, Dr. Campbell up at Weber State, he does really well is electronic music and like introducing the weird stuff and making it make sense for people who are unfamiliar with the more avant-garde yeah. music. So You've got to put a fair amount of thought into that. Like You do want to innovate in a way to try to attract people, like you're saying, but also there are these norms to classical music. How do you guys strike that balance? Um, a lot of times we will, I mean, there's a few ways that we go about it. We will give the audience a little bit of both. 
where we will give them a taste of the old stuff and a taste of the new stuff. So you can kind of like hear it in context. But we also, for all of our concerts, we have a host who will actually engage with the audience and talk about why the composers wrote what they wrote, um, what the societal influences were at the time, as well as, yeah, like the, the desire to create something new and how it was something different from... 10 years before that or, or whatever. So usually that host is Kerry Campbell because he, he teaches music history at, at Weber State and he's a musicologist. So he's so knowledgeable about that. But we've also engaged a few other people in the in the community that are experts in, the, in those particular areas to kind of like illustrate that even though it's a different art, it still has, it's still valid and it still has purpose. Kerry Campbell is one of the people that taught me that like when I listen to music, I'm not like necessarily thinking, do I like it or do I not like it so much as like, does it fulfill the purpose of what the composer had in mind? <laughs> um, which is a different way to think about it. And huh. usually it makes it more enjoyable for me, even if it's not something that's my cup of tea. Right. Like I'm, I wouldn't call myself a metalhead. I, I do like some metal music, but when I listen to metal music, I can usually be like, I feel like they got the point across. <laughs> um, and if they do that well, then I then I like it, even if it's not usually my cup of tea. So, so when you when you say that you're talking about incorporating some electronic elements, like what kind of stuff are you talking about? Like, like um, beats or yeah, well, electric guitar. So I mean, we have done some electric guitar uh, this last year for Bach Fest. We actually did a piece called Electric Counterpoint, which originally was written for like live electric guitar with. 11 pre-recorded tracks. We kind of mixed it up a little bit. We split those parts up between mandolin, bass, and guitar, um, and we pre-recorded a bunch of tracks, and then they played a couple of those tracks live um, with the pre-recorded tracks. Yeah, um, which is a challenge in and of itself because you have the recording side of it, which is you know the whole technical side of it that's really difficult. But then playing along to those tracks can be surprisingly hard. Oh yeah, uh, and then you've still got a conductor, right? We didn't have a conductor in this case. Yeah. Um, luckily, our musicians were amazing. <laughs> it was one of those things where like you could tell they didn't blink the entire time super concentrated <laughs> They're having a click track uh, yeah exactly <laughs> um and and they handled it so well because it, yeah it was it was difficult but yeah uh, i think they pulled it off so <laughs> um but we've also had uh pieces a couple years ago for our new year new music we had uh, a piece that was written along to a speech by the silent film actor charlie chaplin charlie chaplin oh gotcha it was a speech that he gave and a, like really powerful speech um and so the composer pre-recorded some tracks along to that speech, and then we had a live violinist and bass player play along to that as well. And they did have a click track in their in their ears because they had to time it with the speech and everything. Yeah, and and that was really amazing. We also have uh, in classical music they just called it they call it fixed media, where it's just pre-recorded it can come with video. And we had a piece that was created using the the speech, the pale blue dot, Sagan. Yes, Carl yes, Carl Sagan. Thank goodness you're here. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the composer took the speech and took those sound segments apart and spread them out and um, t took little blips and turned it into a music piece using just the sounds that Carl Sagan... You wouldn't guess that it was made just from that speech. But yeah, and then it had a video with it. And yeah, once again, really powerful and really interesting. Something that is avant-garde, but was still really relatable and palatable, I think, yeah. for the general audience. So And so you have an event coming up this week, right? Yes. Because this is cool. This is, this is how you guys are, you know, making classical music new. Talk about what you're doing this, this Friday. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, this upcoming week is uh, we every year we do a New Year New Music concert in January, and so we commission works by local composers 
to put that concert together. Uh, this last year, we actually started a Composers Collective, which is pretty much like a composer club of Northern Utah composers. Right now, we have about nine people, and this concert is made up of compositions by those composers. So we've got a professor from Weber State that composed a piece. We've got, yeah, we've got a few kind of ranging from PhD level academic composing to brand new composers who this is their first piece that will ever be premiered, which is awesome, I think, because we're going to see a wide range of like, this is how you compose when you've learned every tool for composing yeah. versus this is how, compo- how you compose when you're just going by feel. Yeah. You know? And so uh, this particular concert, it's uh, titled Art Begets Art, which is funny because I listened to your episode that was titled Art Begets Art. Um, but we gave the, the composers a prompt. There was actually a pa- uh, there were two paintings that they could choose from from local artists, uh, Lindsay Garside and Lindsay Huss, and based like use that painting as inspiration for their composition. So what we'll do at the concert is we're actually going to provide the audience with art supplies. Uh, it's mostly going to be you know nice pencils and nice colored pencils just to because <laughs> we are in a found space. We don't want to <laughs> clean art supplies. destroy the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're going to provide the audience with art supplies as they listen. They can create art based on what they hear. And then at the end of the concert, we're going to reveal the prompts. Oh. So the audience can see if they were feeling what the, the composers were trying to get I across. That. That's cool. <laughs> um, and we'll see because, you know, ev- everybody is inspired in different ways by art and by, by music. So I think it'll be a really fun experiment. Like a Right. Even like, what are the, is there a little similarity or, or some common ex- thread? Somehow? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, a little bit like an artistic telephone (laughs) see what you end up with at the end if it's anything like the beginning so yeah that's cool yeah so where's that at this is actually going to be at the it's the sharon f mcfarland performing arts center it's we're the first people that are ever going to perform there actually is it part of Um, or it is it is in the same block as the eccles community arts center uh it's right next door to onstage ogden but i think it's 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 going to be its own entity. They have uh, their own person scheduling it. But yeah, it's it's brand new. I'm actually going to actually look through it today. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't I don't know what it looks like exactly, other than th- peeking through the window. But yeah, I I'm excited for them because that one of their goals is to have a space that is affordable as things get more expensive. Because yeah. um, that is something we've run into is like any anywhere that can be a wedding venue is now a wedding venue in Ogden. <laughs> yeah. And so when you can charge, you know, three thousand at three thousand yeah. a night for yeah. a wedding, why would you let a little concert group come in? Right. <laughs> so. Right. Um, so I think what. Yeah. Their goals are really awesome. And I look forward to them doing more after this concert. But yeah. Talk about some of the people that you partner with. Like, do you work You work with Onstage Ogden? Yeah. Um, every year, Onstage Ogden asks us to put on a concert for Bach Fest, which has been awesome. It's it's fun because there's kind of an expectation for next. So, you know, Bach Fest, you, there's some expectation there for there to be <laughs> Bach. Um, and we usually take it and twist it into something new and, and fun. So we do that with Onstage Ogden. We have... Uh, we did a concert last year at Ogden Contemporary Arts, which ended up being, uh, for one, art uh, exhibits are beautiful places to put on concerts. So we did a, a, a concert there, mm-hmm. um, and their space is, is so cool. And they were, it was our women in music concert, and the all of the artists that were in the exhibit um, were female artists, and so it, it all fit the theme really well. And yeah, um, we also you're saying all the musicians <clears throat> were female. All the musicians were female. All the the visual artists who were featured in Ogden Contemporary Arts were also female. Right, right. And all the composers that we whose music we played were female as oh, well. So, 
Um, we, we do a women in music concert every, every March as well, just because music, among many other industries, has not been great about representing women yeah. in, in the past. And so we're trying to, trying to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, so you have like a bunch of sub ensembles is really what you've got, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and especially like in the past, it's kind of been we have an idea for a concert, maybe a theme like women in music. We find music that we love by female composers, and then we just have to find musicians that play those instruments. Huh. Um, so for that particular concert, it was a string quartet. But right now, our, our core ensemble, we have violin, cello, bass, flute, clarinet, French horn, and a mezzo-soprano. And so what we've been doing is we've been programming our music to kind of almost fit those musicians plus maybe a few extras to, who come in to kind of fill in the gaps, huh. which is a fun challenge for us as the ones doing the programming, but the ensemble is amazing, so <laughs> it's worth well, it. Well, and who, who comes up with that stuff in your organization, like with these new ideas for shows or <clears throat> new idea for an ensemble? Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of that credit, honestly, should go to Dr. Kerry Campbell <laughs> um, because he is very not knowledgeable. He knows a lot of pieces. He's mm-hmm. got a lot bouncing up in his in his mind as far as pieces he's heard and pieces that he likes. But we also have a really great board of directors who help with that. And myself, we just meet and we brainstorm. And then when we feel like we have the right idea, then we see if we can find enough music to fit our ideas. But yeah, so far, part of that's one of my favorite parts. Um, about being involved with his organization is the creativity that goes into um, coming up with programming and coming up with programming that intersects with other communities within Ogden. That's been another thing that's that I've really loved about this job is when we did our women women in music concert at Ogden Contemporary Arts. We also included slam poetry by some Ogden poets. So we had um, members of the community from the the contemporary art scene. We had some people from the music scene. We had some people from the beat poetry scene. And it made for just like a really beautiful collaboration. Yeah. Um, and just a, an interesting mix of communities that was, I, I think it, it really helps like lean into the, the, the experience part of a concert where it's like it's something else. Do you get a sense of the Ogden music scene and if it's, uh, if it's supporting the, the artists we have here? Yeah, I mean... <sighs> It's always hard. I mean, I think we're a long ways from supporting artists financially. Yeah. Which is a, is one of our goals at Next. Every year I when we write grants it's like, can we get a little bit more money for the musicians? <laughs> like <laughs> um, cuz they deserve it. They're I mean, well-trained musicians. They went to school for this, so. Right. Um but I do think like on a community level, Ogden is amazing. Um I have since like getting into next, I have friends that work in nonprofits in Salt Lake. And one of the things that they're always amazed about is like, I will put out a post on social media about a concert. It'll get shared everywhere. It'll be seen a million times and they'll have twice as much money as me (laughs) and they'll put out a similar post and it just like disappears into the, you know, and I think Ogden is really supportive of, of the arts in general. And like this last year we had such a great turnout to each of our concerts and each turnout was just new people every time because people I think are hungry for new experiences. Yeah. And I think I love how kind of diverse Ogden is in that way. Like people looking for different experiences. Absolutely. And willing to show up for that. Long time ago, maybe 20 years ago, I thought Ogden was really bad at showing up for things, but I think over time we've gotten really good at that. Mm-hmm. But I think like you're saying, that financial support isn't quite there for most of the arts. It's like, we'll show up, but we won't. Donate. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't want to pay too much for a ticket, right? And I mean, I get that. I 
I've been there where I don't have enough money to spend a lot on a ticket. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I understand that that's also part of, I think, the Ogden scene is, um, you know, we have a, a wide array of demographics financially. We do try to, you know, meet that with Next. Our tickets are only $10 and, and it's free for kids 18 and under. And we're able to do that through through grant funding, through through programs like RAMP and Ogden City Arts. And so the more of that we can get in our community, the better. And I think that's one of the big differences between like Salt Lake and Ogden. Salt Lake has some really like established funding opportunities. And I think Ogden's getting there um, as far as like creating opportunities for artists. You've never really tried to engage with any of the other cities, the surrounding cities, have you? <clears throat> this last year, we did actually, we, we partnered with a group in Salt Lake called Opera Contempo. They're a brand new nonprofit. And we did a couple of short operas with them that we produced here in Ogden first. And then we took it to the Fringe Fest in Salt Lake. We might do more of that in the future, but right now we are, mo- we are pretty well Ogden focused. But do you have a sense of if it, is it Ogden carrying the bag for Roy and South Ogden and North Ogden? Or do those yeah. people even pay attention? I mean, I mean, the people do, but do right, those cities. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, I do think Ogden does kind of, kind of carry that. Huh. Um, I do feel like the, the general consensus is like you travel to Ogden for arts. Yeah. Um, which I don't necessarily think it needs to be that way. Um, North Ogden just built that amphitheater for something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, honestly, South Ogden just built a beautiful outdoor amphitheater too. Yeah. And it's like, we got to, got to use these spaces, but is it, so is it primarily funded by grants? Yeah. Um, I mean, grants and donors as well as, you know, support from, from our audiences. We, we, because we do sell tickets, we do make some revenue there, but, um, it is primarily through grants that we, that we function. Um, just because putting on concerts is pretty expensive when you (laughs) add it all up especially when you're going for found spaces when you don't have your own venue um, right and you care about paying your musicians yeah exactly yeah so so can people like donate uh, you have a website people can donate yeah um you can donate at nextensemble.org you can also find us on social media both on facebook and instagram at nextensemble and so you can donate there also just probably the best way to support is to show up to a to events and i mean it means a lot to the musicians, of course, um, but also, like, I think generally, like, it's one of those things where even myself sometimes <laughs> will be planning an event, and I'm like, this will be cool-ish, and then I show up, and then it's way better than I expected to be. <laughs> like, I might go to that. I might go to that, and then I show up, I'm like, oh, I would be sad if I would have missed this. Yeah. Are there other chamber orchestras in town? So we have, Onstage Ogden puts on a lot of really great concerts. They bring in some really awesome chamber music mm-hmm. like smaller groups but i think that's the difference between like us and onstage ogden is onstage ogden brings in talent from out of ogden or mm-hmm. out of utah often where we are locally focused in yeah um, as much as we can the music that we play the uh, musicians that we hire we do have on uh, uh chamber orchestra ogden um, but they do like full orchestra, symphonic like work, forty member. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and honestly, a lot of those musicians do come and play for next because you know, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Whatever gig they can find, you know. <laughs> um, and that's, I mean, amazing organization that's been around for a long time, and I've played for them a couple of times. Do you guys have need for volunteers? Honestly, I should say yes, <laughs> because it would make my job easier. <laughs> right. But yeah, um, 
volunteers are are very welcome even if it's as simple as like helping take tickets at the door um helping us set up for a concert or even just help helping with promotional stuff like that if you're interested in volunteering you can always um honestly the easiest way to organize any of that is just reach out to me Uh, my email address is dan at nextensemble.org <laughs> so it's nice and easy do you yeah. guys do most of your communicating through social media yeah i mean for a long time we did posters um around town and we're kind of we're not sure whether whether that's going to be part of our future or not partially because you know we don't want to create too much waste as well as at this point it's questionable how effective it is i feel like for us social media has been more effective than physical yeah. posters and if people want to know when things are coming up social media is the place to go yeah exactly and so social media we also the ogdenite they mm-hmm. their little pamphlets i just picked mine up for january and um right. that has everything going on yeah they're great. really filling that gap of knowing uh, what's going on in town yeah so um we'll, our concerts will be in there as well what about so are you are you doing any like rock music on the side now um, I, you know, I am, I'm a, I, I dabble in as much music as I can. So I, I, I'm a songwriter as well as a composer and a uh-huh. performer or whatever, just because it's what I do for fun as well for work. And so I try here and there. I actually, uh, I played in a show for Hale Center Theater last year where it was like a 50s style band and I got to play my upright bass and it was goofy and fun. But, uh, yeah, I'm always trying to start projects. I've yeah. got, I've got a, a band that I just put together now. We'll hopefully be releasing music soon. <laughs> we're all, it's hard when we're, you're adults and have bills to pay Oh yeah, right. <laughs> to, to meet on any sort of regular basis. But I do write music and I put most of my stuff out on just on social media right now. What's your music social media? So it's, uh, at Dan pack music is my Instagram. That's mostly where I post, <clears throat> but I, uh, yeah, so I, I do a lot of, I like to busk, so I, I, I hook my cello up to a loop pedal, and oh, I'll, nice. I'll do looping and play like pop music on my cello, which is, is fun. That's cool. The cello's actually getting cool these days Yeah. with people like Piano Guys and the two cellos, like people, and Wednesday Adams. thanks Wednesday Adams for, <laughs> you know, making the cello cool again. So I do stuff like that as well as some songwriting stuff of whatever genre I feel that day. Nice. <laughs> so Cool. Yeah. All right. I think that's I think that's all I had. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.